0: everyone and welcome to the 34th episode of the compliance updates podcast brought to you by team legacies through this weekly series we endeavor to bring to you legal regulatory and compliance updates and alerts that you may have missed during the week let us now take a look at some of the key developments of the past week in our first segment we'll take a look at some of the market related updates custodian banks Both local and overseas have reached out to SEBI seeking a delay in implementing new rules until April next year in one last-ditch effort to resolve the Trade Plus One Day or T Plus One transition issue. Custodians, including Citibank, Deutsche Bank, HSBC, ICICI Bank, and Kotak Mahindra Bank have reached out to SEBI to postpone the transition from T Plus Two to T Plus One settlement cycle, said the people with direct knowledge of the matter. Custodian banks handle funds and securities on behalf of foreign portfolio investors. SEBI has constituted a four-member high-powered advisory committee on settlement orders and compounding of offences. The committee will be chaired by Vijay C. Daga, the retired judge of High Court of Bombay, according to an update with SEBI. Under the settlement mechanism, an alleged wrongdoer can settle a pending case with the regulator without admission or denial of guilt by paying a settlement fee. The settlement mechanism is a tool for ensuring speedy and efficient resolution of disputes. In September, SEBI had proposed to overhaul the rule governing consent settlements to make the system more effective. On 14 October 2021, SEBI decided to introduce an online mechanism for obtaining scores credentials for all companies intending to list their securities on stock exchanges. This has been done as part of SEBI's green initiative and to streamline the redressal of investor grievances against companies before listing, according to SEBI. Therefore, such companies are no longer required to submit a physical copy of the form or send an email to SEBI as was provided in a circular issued in December 2014. We now move on to our next segment to take a look at some of the banking-related updates. RBI may internally be exploring shedding its traditional approach to foreign and exchange reserve management amidst falling global yields, adding to the fiscal costs of managing the reserves. A research paper by RBI economists suggest that the central bank should be more active in its forex asset management, including looking beyond SDR currencies and active management of its gold reserves. India is on the cusp of a fundamental shift toward capital account convertibility by increasing integration of offshore and onshore markets and allowing non-residents freer access to debt markets, according to the deputy governor of RBI. According to him, there is a need to review the limits under the Liberalised Remittance Scheme known as LRS that allows Indians to send up to $250,000 abroad annually, keeping in mind the needs of higher education and startups. The Reserve Bank of India which reviewed its monetary policy last week and the International Monetary Fund in its October update of the World Economic Outlook this week have kept India's GDP growth forecast unchanged at 9.5% for the year 2021 to 2022. For the next year that is 2022 to 2023 the IMF has retained its 8.5% projection indicating that from the current standpoint it sees recovery enduring through the whole period. The RBI Governor Shaktikanta Das on Friday said fiscally prudent states must step up their quality expenditure in a way that it would have a multiplier effect on the economy and would prompt other states to increase their own capital expenditures. The Governor also stressed that the quality of expenditure by states was important as they incurred 60% of the general government expenditure, whereas the global average of subnational spend was just above 30%. Moving on to our next segment, we take a look at some of the taxation-related updates. Canteen charges collected from employees will now be outside the gamut of goods and service tax following a tax ruling that offers some relief to several large industrial and manufacturing units. In a recent ruling, the Gujarat Authority for Advanced ruling said that GST is not applicable to on the amount collected from employees towards canteen charges, which is paid to the canteen service provider. The amount received under arbitration award for a contract completed on or before June 30, 2017 will attract GST, according to Telangana State Authority for Advanced Ruling. Experts say this ruling can be relied upon in many infrastructure projects completed in the pre-GST regime and arbitration on pending dues is going on. Experts say that this would help resolve commercial disputes in the infrastructure sector. Moving on to our next segment, let us now take a look at some of the government-related updates. The Finance Ministry and the Reserve Bank of India are on the same page on the issue of continuing pandemic-era stimulus. Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman said in an interview to Bloomberg in New York that the stimulus will continue. She said that the emphasis on building health infrastructure will continue, and so will the government's spending on capital expenditure and infrastructure. Meanwhile, the State of the Economy report prepared by RBI staff led by Deputy Governor Michael Patra called on the need for continuing with policy support for a longer period to ensure a sustained and inclusive recovery. The Ministry of Coal on 12 October 2021 launched the auction process of 40 new coal mines in which 21 new mines are under the Coal Mines Special Provisions Act 2015 and 19 are under the tranche Three of mines and Minerals Development and Regulation Act 1957. In an official statement, the Ministry stated that the step has been taken following the successful auction of 28 coal mines in the first two tranches and that there shall be a total of 88 coal mines on offer at present. The total geological resources of about 55 billion tonnes of coal are on offer from these 88 mines, of which 57 are fully explored mines and 31 are partially explored. The government is also looking at rolling out a five-year strategic perspective plan to make India a significant tech player, according to the Minister of State for Electronics and IT. The minister added that the Ministry of Electronics and IT will partner with the private sector in areas not just limited to soliciting business for them but for future technology developments like quantum computing, artificial intelligence, cybersecurity and semiconductors, according to an official statement released by the ministry. In view of the increasing vaccination coverage across the globe and the changing nature of the pandemic, the existing guidelines for international arrivals in India have been reviewed, according to the Ministry of Health and Family Welfare. The international scheduled commercial flights to India were suspended till October 31st owing to coronavirus disease pandemic. However, the Directorate-General of Civil Aviation allowed international cargo flights and those approved by the regulator on selected routes to operate. With that, we now move on to our last and final segment wherein we take a look at some of the important judgments passed during the week. The Supreme Court on Wednesday dismissed as infructuous the appeal filed by capital market regulator SEBI against the Securities Appellate Tribunal's order in a matter related to PNB Housing Finance Limited's Rs 4,000 crore equity capital raise plan. A bench headed by Justice L. Nageshwar Rao was informed by the Council for PNB Housing Finance Limited that it has decided not to proceed with the issue and moved an application before the appellate tribunal to withdraw the appeal. The Supreme Court has given instructions to make e-filing of petitions mandatory in certain categories from January 1, 2022 onwards. As per a letter dated October 9, 2021, the Chairman of E Committee of Supreme Court has directed all High Courts to ensure the E-filing of cases and petitions by governments in all types of matters to be made mandatory from from January 1, 2022. After the said date, there should be no physical filing of cases by the government in any matter. The e-filing will be made compulsory for all in matters like revenue, tax, arbitration, commercial disputes, and any other category deemed fit by the High Courts from 1st January 2022 onwards. Justice G.S. Kulkarni said Sections 18, 19, and 24 of the Arbitration and Conciliation Act 96 mandate that in the conduct of arbitral proceedings, parties are not only treated with equality, but each party shall be given full opportunity to present its case. This would be more imperative when the parties are already before the arbitral tribunal, said Justice Kulkarni, while striking down the October eighth order passed by the sole arbitrator on an interim application filed by bricks Infrastructure Private Limited, the other party to the commercial arbitration, which had staked certain claims against Gothridge properties. This brings us to the end of today's podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening in with us. If you liked today's episode, please subscribe and tune in every Friday for more such updates. Please also feel free to write into us with your comments and suggestions to that is risha.s at That is R I S H at the We hope you have a wonderful weekend ahead.